0: and welcome to another episode of Relatively Relatable. I'm your host, Sarah Chappé.
1: And I'm your other host, Jake Kewley.
0: The Relatively Relatable podcast is a weekly podcast about life trends and advice from two people who have no business giving it.
1: Relatively Relatable is brought to you by Blank Slate Link. And to find out more, you can head to our Instagram page at Relatively Relatable Pod.
0: So, Jake.
1: So, Sarah. I wish people could see us sometimes. I know.
0: Maybe we'll uh, we'll start releasing some videos of us doing it.
1: But then, like, I'd have to make my room more aesthetically pleasing.
0: Same. And I would have to not look like I just got hit by a bus. Same. <laughs> there was like, oh, so I was trying to remember Uh, Sunday. I was like, oh, my gosh, I have not recorded with Jake in so long, and I don't have anything to post this Thursday, but I did. I just, like, have no concept of time now with, like, the sun going down and, like, COVID. Mm. I just, like, mm-hmm. literally lost, like, weeks. Like, I was so stressed out. I was like, oh, my gosh, we haven't recorded in so long, and I was, like, really stressed <laughs> out about it, but it was not real.
1: Uh, yeah, I kind of felt that way, too. I've been kind of losing track of where I'm at in my recording schedules between... This podcast and my other one because <laughs> um, we stay a week ahead, and my other one at one point we were like two or three weeks ahead, so keeping track of like what I need what I need to have done and when and yeah. w- which episodes and um, God forbid I just make a calendar, I'd keep I keep track of everything in my brain, but yeah yeah the uh the sun thing is kicking my butt
2: because
1: mm-hmm. it's pitch black out my window right now, and it's mm-hmm. six o'clock hmm bummer yeah so i'm pretty tired i'm not gonna lie but i also am out of coffee Mm. and because at the time of recording this it's like two days until thanksgiving Mm -hmm. and usually when there's a part of a week that i'm gonna be out of town i don't do any of my meal prep i don't do any of my grocery shopping or anything that i normally do so the last couple of days I've just been like eating leftovers that have been in my fridge and I'm, I was, I ran out of coffee this weekend. So I haven't had coffee in the mornings. My whole routine is effed.
0: Yeah. Same. I don't know
1: why I always do this to myself when like holidays roll around or some, something that's going to pull me out of my no- normal routine on like a Wednesday or Thursday, but mm-hmm. here we are.
0: Yeah. So like. Sunday is usually our grocery shopping and like meal prep day and Stefan was like well Thanksgiving is on Thursday and Friday so we just probably don't need to go grocery shopping so we've just been eating out for every meal and I was like we still Mm -hmm. could have like meal prepped for like three days three days yeah still the
1: majority of the week so
0: (laughs) which I don't know but I'm not gonna like deny eating out
3: what have you been eating anything
1: good
0: no, I feel disgusting <laughs> actually. Like I So it
1: hasn't been worth it.
0: No. I uh did go to Starbucks today because um I didn't have coffee made and I was like so pretty much my entire meal, like everything I ate on um Sunday and Monday was coffee and excedrin. I had a migraine and I couldn't eat anything, but I was drinking coffee. So I'm pretty sure I burned a hole through my stomach lining. And so I was like, well, I'll get a matcha latte today at Starbucks. So I got that instead, which I don't yeah. feel as jittery and crashing as normal, but it was nice. Isn't
1: there, isn't there something with caffeine and ex- 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 Excedrin? Isn't it like a...
0: Like don't do what, it.
1: What am I thinking of? I don't know. I just feel like that combination just triggered some like half baked memory in my brain. I know.
0: I saw the look on your face. Like, <laughs> it was like a deep like. Seed I couldn't in remember your brain. if it
1: was like some some weird like party drug combination or if it's just uh, a cure for migraines.
0: Um, well, I know that caffeine and like dark chocolate are good for headaches, and I yeah. know that you shouldn't take a lot of Excedrin because it will give you an ulcer. So. Just I'm pretty like, sure that's, I I don't mm-hmm. think I gave myself an ulcer, but I think I really did upset some like thing because that's pretty yeah. much, I was popping, I was eating Nick Cedrin like it was candy <laughs> and I was Yikes. drinking coffee pretty much all day, Sunday, Monday, because this week that we're recording this is the week leading up to Black Friday and I am swamp, 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 swam. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the week leading up to Black Friday, also known as the week leading up to Thanksgiving.
0: Yeah, but for like Depending a maker, on if you sell creator, things or creator, it's different.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you. I get it. So. Yeah, okay. Well, so if you keel over from an ulcer, I'll know why. Yeah. Cool.
0: Yeah. And then I cured it with some wine, so that really did. Mm. That really yeah, did.
1: the essential food groups, <laughs> yeah. caffeine, medication, and wine. Perfect,
0: Alcohol. My perfect blend.
1: Yeah. I feel like I'm still drying out from this weekend. I don't know how like Thanksgiving is going to go. It seems like a really quick turnaround to start uh, drinking in heavy quantities again. But
0: Did you drink a lot this weekend? Yeah. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. My tactic is to just keep drinking. I don't let myself yeah. dry out. I just keep going.
1: Because maybe like the the cumulative hangover would actually kill you. So you just got to keep it going. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's got to push through till about the next Monday.
1: Yeah. I've had that thought too. And there've been times (laughs) this week that I've been by this week. I mean yesterday and today that I have (laughs) kind of wanted to make a drink, but it's hard for me to have just one drink, you know, (laughs) like I usually, if I have one, I have three generally. Mm -hmm. And
0: is that called alcoholism?
1: No, because I usually (laughs) stop at three, you know, I don't have three doesn't turn into six very often, but the problem is I feel like any amount of alcohol ruins the quality of sleep that I get. Mm -hmm. So even if I just have like one or two drinks, if I'm slightly buzzed, I just, I don't know. I get dried out and I just don't sleep very well. And then Mm -hmm. that affects my workout. Mm. I don't care about how it affects my work mm. day or like no, the no, things no, 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 that no. I'm paid to do, but right. yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> I hate when I roll into a workout and feel like uh I'm not performing at the level I could be because of some easily avoidable decision that mm-hmm. I made, <laughs> yeah, so that bums me out, but so that's usually honestly what keeps me from drinking during the week. I don't know what that says about my priorities, but
0: I mean, so okay when. When I drink, I get that same, like, I don't, I just don't get a good deep sleep,
1: mm-hmm. but
0: I have this issue where, like, it feels like my body is, like, humming, like, it feels like the radiator in my body is, like, rattling. Interesting. And, um, our friend Tyler had, men- he said, um, like, I get this, like, burst of energy in the morning when I'm hungover, yeah. and- so, for anybody who wants to know this, I just learned this. I used to think that was just me that had that like shaky feeling and that just like mm. like all the cells in your body, you could feel them like vibrating in mm-hmm. this like jolt of energy at 6 or 7 a.m. and then you crash at 10 or 11. Right. It's because alcohol has like an upper in it and it gives you adrenaline. That's why when you drink, you sometimes feel invincible and you have like Energy and stuff, even if you're not, you know, chasing it with an energy drink. Right. And so that's what it does to your body. And then um, you wake up feeling invincible at like six or seven, and then you crash because it's wearing off. Mm-hmm. It's a fun fact. I just thought, you know, I'd share that with everybody.
1: Yeah. And then you, you said if um, like the key to avoiding a terrible crash is to do all your hydrating during the yeah. upper phase. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Because uh, I don't know, I don't know why exactly, but I think maybe you just don't feel as sick, so you're not yeah. like. Because I do. If I'm hungover and I feel really sick, I, it's hard for me to drink water. Same. It just like makes me feel worse.
1: I have to drink Gatorade or something mm-hmm. flavored usually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, I used to do such a good job of drinking water while I've been drinking, like during during the act of drinking.
2: Because
1: mm-hmm. um, <laughs> there was a there was a stint there where I like wouldn't get hungover, but I that's not for lack of trying, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But recently, for some reason, I've just kind of thrown that out the window. And so now I, I'm i back to my old man hangovers that I mm-hmm. get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are my we going to talk always... about this the whole time? All 20 minutes of yeah. drinking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know you're bad at transition, so I figured I'll give you the chance to switch.
0: Oh, okay. So <laughs> <laughs> um, our, one of our listeners said, suggested or submitted a request for topic for us to discuss. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And so it's kind of a add on to our birthdays and confused episode about how we were talking about like societal pressures of relationships and adult relationships. And like when they first sent that to me, they're like, I want an episode about adult relationships. I was like, that sounds so weird. (laughs) Like I was like, like porn, like, I don't know. I just like the way she worded it. I was just like, what do you mean? But then I got it. Like mommies
1: and daddies have.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, which I thought was cool because I've actually written about this for, um, a blog before about, um, like adult friendships, because I think they're different than, uh, high school friendships and things For like sure. that. So mm-hmm. uh, I thought we could... Apparently our ramblings resonated with someone and they want us to keep going.
1: Yeah, I didn't get in as big of trouble with my girlfriend as I thought I would, so... That's great. Let's see if we can do it this time.
0: <laughs> so um, I guess... Where do you want to start? Like,
1: I don't know. Do you want to talk about romantic relationships or... Um, What's the opposite of romantic?
0: Platonic.
1: Platonic relationships.
0: Like our friend a platonic relationship is like a friendship. Yeah. Well, I mean, so basically their question or their comment of what we should discuss was attached to our discussion of the pressure that society places on mid to upper 20s to get married mm. and have kids. Mm-hmm. So, I know that this listener is married. And she said, I'm so not like in the kids' conversation, but must oh, be yeah. getting that pressure. So I I had like a bunch of questions I was going to write down, but then I was like, I don't really want to drive the question, the conversation too much because <laughs> I have my own ideas about it. Like I didn't want to okay. be, you know what I yeah. mean?
1: So we obviously did a lot of preparation for this episode for everyone listening to I mean, to I right did.
0: Now. I'm just, I didn't want to <laughs> okay, like... Well let-
1: Let's, I uh, didn't want to
0: drive the conversation with just my questions.
1: Oh, no, that's okay. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's hear your, your opinions. In okay, moment.
0: well, I'll just, go, I'll just go in with what we're doing right now. So <laughs> That's
1: usually how a conversation works.
0: <laughs> so basically, Stefan and I, if you guys don't know me or like our mind story with Stefan, I got married when I was 19. I was a child bride. I was fresh out of the womb. Yeah. Young and <laughs> barely legal. <laughs> barely legal. And uh we never really wanted kids right away. We were because we were re- just so young. We were like, okay, well, when Sarah graduates college, then we'll start talking about it. Okay, well, I graduated college and we were like, so like, no. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, okay, once we get a house, once we do these like all these like steps that we kept waiting to get to. Mm-hmm. And so then we were like all of a sudden almost 30 and we're like, so like when does it happen though? Like who do yeah. who, who, who we, like who tells us, who gives us the baby?
1: Who gives us permission Yeah, to have a baby?
0: So um, lucky for us, uh, my parents, your parents are pretty great about not asking us like, so when are you guys going to have kids? Because they know yeah, that when people ask me to do things or that I know when people want something done from me, that will significantly elongate the timeline of when things I do happen Yeah, or end it. Like I won't right. do things because people ask me to, or I feel pressure. And I've never yeah. felt pressure from my friends pressure me. Like they're yeah. like, don't you want one? And I'm like, no, no. not really. <laughs> um, and yeah. then Stefan's family has like 500 kids on his side. So like no one's thinking about us. Yeah. Um, so I don't really get the, I don't get the societal pressure. Like I don't physically, mm-hmm. like no one's pressuring me to have kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, you know, the listener was basically saying to because we were talking about that with our birthday episode. Right. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, just to be honest, I don't, me and Stefan both have said, like we see two different paths for our lives. And we would be happy with either one. Yeah. We would be happy if we had kids and we see that life, how that plays out. And then mm-hmm. we see the life that if we don't have kids and how that plays out and both are good. Mm-hmm. We did have a conversation with someone though that has kids and he did say that he thought it was low key selfish of us not to have kids.
3: Why is that? Um, did he give a reason? Does
0: he, kinda, he listen to this? <laughs> I don't know. Probably okay. not. <laughs> yeah. He wasn't being like malicious. He was just saying like, I think you're being like self-serving. Like you're, uh-huh. which I was just like, I mean, yet it, and so like, then his wife was like, don't say that. And I was like, I literally don't get offended by this conversation. Yeah. I get offended by a lot and I take a lot of things personally. <laughs> yeah. But for some reason, this is not it, which is probably good because if I did, mm-hmm. I would have had kids by now.
1: I just, I think that's an interesting that's an interesting point because I think you could make the same argument either way. I Definitely. Am, I tend to be of the mindset that having kids is a selfish thing. Yeah. Because they your kids don't ask to be born. You choose. <laughs> well, most of the time you choose to like have kids. Yeah. Like get, in the context of this conversation, let's say that two yeah. people are deciding, you know, let's try to have kids. Yeah. Um because I want them. That's a pretty selfish decision too.
2: Yeah.
1: And then there's a soul in this world that has to deal with everything that's in this world. Eventually Mm -hmm. they turn 18 and then they have to just like
0: pay taxes, deal
1: with the decision that you made to have them, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and I'm not saying that I am that I wish I had never been born or anything, but (laughs) I just think, you know, it, what, who else does it serve? Mm -hmm. I guess maybe that's a religious question. Mm -hmm. Um, I think my personal opinion is that a lot of the societal pressures to, um, well, one, to even have a mate, but two, to get married, and three, to have children. I think a lot of that is remnant of um, just religious upbringing Mm -hmm. for the most part. And that's something that I've actually been spending a lot of time in recent years, like deciding where that all fits in my life, like, uh, not where faith lives in my life, but just like some of the seemingly made up rules Mm -hmm. or like if all of the, the things that had been programmed into me at, you know, youth group and Sunday school and all these Mm -hmm. things that, um, were good for me at the, at the time, trying to figure out if all those things still hold true or if they hold the same amount of weight as they did back then. Um, and this, I am light years away from thinking about having kids, so I can't really <laughs> relate to that as much. But I do think it's funny. Um, like, I think I talked about this in the episode a couple weeks ago, but it seems like everybody I know that has kids, they vent to me or they vent to people in general about how miserable they are because of their kids like I didn't sleep at all last night because Johnny was wiping poop on the walls I think I said that (laughs) word for word um you know some and then they they end it with oh but kids are great you should definitely have have some someday yeah I'm like you are not convincing me one way or another actually but yeah it's just it's a strange thing and I have this theory that um, sometimes people will uh, unintentionally put pressure on people to do other things to justify their decisions in life, Mm -hmm. you know, at times when, at times when they're really stressed out about having kids and maybe they're the only, only group, only people of their age group or their friend group that have them, um, it would be comforting for them to have someone else to empathize with them, you yeah. know? Uh, so I think there's some of that too. Um, I don't really know where this <laughs> rant was going. I'm done.
0: Cool. Yeah. Um, I totally, I mean, I understand and like relate to that because like when I was married so young, I did feel alone and I wanted other people to relate to. And even still now there's times where I'm like, I've been married for so long. It's nice to talk to people who maybe have kids just because of the um like life status you're in, you know. Yeah. It's hard for me to be friends with somebody who is still living at home with their parents and like doesn't pay their car insurance or whatever. Like not that any of that's bad, but it's just hard for me to relate. It's hard for me to have any yeah. common ground. I agree. Um The interesting thing about being raised in the church and going to camp, going to, I went to a Bible college. I got a degree in Bible Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. is like the best thing that Moody gave me was it. they forced me to question a lot of things. So Moody was, or like Moody is a very prestigious Bible college. It's very well known, I would Mm -hmm. say within like, the Christian community, quote-unquote. But it challenged a lot of I- ideas because that's what they wanted.
3: Mm-hmm. They
0: wanted you to come to a... They wanted you to be able to defend what you believed, which was, like, right, great. But it, it did. It helped me work through some of those things that you learn at youth group that you're just like, why did we learn this or right. not learn this? And I want to be a little careful because I know some people who listen to this... Go to camp, <laughs> so or whatever. But I don't.
1: I don't honestly even know how I feel about all that anymore, though. Like because I'm such a
0: like religion an, or what we learned.
1: No, just like the uh, the way that religion is taught to younglings. Yes, in terms I of agree. like mental programming. I agree like, because I'm such a. And this is something that I've learned probably for like the last, I don't know, kind of since I started college. Um, what was that? Six years ago. Jeez. Um, Sorry. I, I'm having a hard time keeping track of what I was saying. <laughs> I'm tired. The dark, dark sky outside is throwing me off.
2: Darker. I'm such
1: a person that like, I come to my own conclusions based on testing the theories. Mm-hmm. Right. And I don't know if this is, you know, instilled in me from my, engineering, training, or whatever, but I hate feeling like I'm doing anything blindly or mm-hmm. following something just because um, without ever having taken the time to think of the counterpoints or to uh, consider the antithesis of my thesis mm-hmm. or my um, uh, just my theory, you know? And so I think that it's just really dangerous to essentially brainwash people one way or another, because then like you had mentioned, they get to this point where they're only doing things because that's the status quo because they were raised in the Midwest with a Mm -hmm. God fearing family, you know, and they they don't really think about does any of this really even makes, do I actually believe or do I actually subscribe to any of this?
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, I think that can cause issues when it comes to, you know, people getting married too young because, they had this pressure in their college group or their youth group or whatever to, if you're not dating someone to marry them, then you are sinning or you're wasting mm-hmm. your life or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's true. Um, and people rush into, I think people rush into getting married um, just so they can hurry up and have sex or something mm-hmm. and then realize, Oh, well now I'm, I'm stuck here. You know, if yeah, and maybe you can shed some light on this, but, I think people tend to get married too young in general and then they have the pleasure of growing up while they're married and just like maturing and basically changing as a human being. Like, Mm -hmm. do you feel like you're the exact same person that you were when you were 19 when you got married?
0: No, and I hope I'm not the same person.
1: And so I think it works for some people and it's worked for you, but I think that's just an insane amount of pressure to put on a relationship through like yeah. probably the most formative years of your life. People say that, you know, like your teenage years or your adolescent years are the most formative, but I think the, the time that you spend um, getting out of the house and, um, you know, kind of going out on your own, even, even if it is just a college, but learning to do things for yourself or learning what mm-hmm. you actually believe for yourself those are the the most formative years because that's what develops you as your own person. I think that's when you, you break out of the, I'm only doing these things because that's how I was raised or at least I think that's how you should. Yeah. That's what should happen.
0: Yeah. They, uh, so that's something like, so my sister-in-law, um, she married Stefan's brother Uh, We were. She was pretty young too when they got married. She was a little bit older than me. I think she said she was twenty one. Um, and she said because I was asking her, I said, you know what if because she has two daughters now, my nieces, and I said, you know, if they came to you and said they wanted to get married at nineteen or twenty, like we were, like what would you say? Because I would not let my kids get married that young, because of like how hard it was. And she was like, I would tell them, like I trust them, and like if I know the person, but like it will be very hard and there's no shame in waiting to be a little bit older. And um, it's really interesting because when, like, um, I'm trying to be like careful with how I word this, which I don't know why because I usually just shoot my mouth off. I feel like you should just be
1: honest. Just be honest. Who cares?
0: So I have a really hard time, um, with that teaching of the church that like you're dating to get married, because mm-hmm. I am seeing a lot of kids who I counseled when I was you know 17 or 18, I was in high school, and now they are 19, 20, mm-hmm. and they're all getting married, and they all are in that same group. Like we all, right? Not saying that camp did that, but that's just like where I know them from is a Christian mm-hmm. camp, and I don't believe the camp that we attend pushes that at all
3: no they don't
0: you just, for sure it's just like kind of where we all connect so um we all got married really young there was a group of us that got married like literally within months of each other mm-hmm. and all within like a couple years of our age differences and the same thing is happening now for like a generation behind me
2: mm-hmm.
0: or whatever you know they're 10 15 years behind me now and um It's just, I know exactly how difficult it is to get married at 18 and fight to stay married for 10 years to be 28 and still be with that person. Mm -hmm. And I don't think my life would have been any better if I didn't get married. Like I know who I would have been if I didn't get married and that would not have been a good person, but like I would have been on a very toxic and bad path. Like I think Stefan really grounds me and believes in me and pushes me Mm -hmm. in a way that I needed in my life. But I am afraid of the faith, Christian faith, Christian walk of people doing that and pushing those standards and those expectations. And then people being too afraid to say like, well, I sunk two years of this relationship But two years at 18 and you're 20, like, come on, like you have, you didn't waste anybody's time. You guys are kids still. Yeah. Like you're growing. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but it really does frustrate me. And, um, one of the bigger issues that I think is that the church does not teach enough about sex and doesn't have those open conversations Right. And like you said, that's a lot of the times they're like, oh my gosh, like we can't have sex. And I've been dating for four months. So what is there?
1: What is left? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that's necessarily like the conversation that this listener wanted, but I think it's hard to discuss societal norms without discussing that because I didn't follow a traditional societal timeline. And I struggled with that for a very, very long time. Mm hmm. Because I graduated, I got married, and I didn't go to a traditional college, like, four-year degree. Um, I didn't get a job straight out of college. I work for myself now. Like, none of the stuff—I don't have kids. Like, none of the stuff, even by Christian societal timelines or standards, I didn't do it right. Right. And so it's like— I really struggled with that because I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not on the right path. I'm, blah, blah, blah. I'm just a failure. And then mm-hmm. I don't fit into this Christian timeline of having kids at 12 and being mm-hmm. married and being a stay-at-home mom, which there's nothing wrong with, but I don't want that. And Yeah. I was like, where do I fit in? Right. So.
1: Yeah, I was going to say something um, – Something, what, what you had said about people being afraid that they'd sunk a certain amount of time into a relationship, but mm-hmm. since, you know, they find out that they're not, they, they don't want to marry that person. So then they're in this place of, well, what about all the time spent? And mm-hmm. you said, yeah, they're 18. Yeah. Um, I think that the, I'm trying to think of a better word to use than the church, because I know that that takes a lot of different forms and a lot of different yeah beliefs and denominations are better or worse about teaching certain things. But, um, I think just in general, like the culture of faith, at least the one, the, the culture that I grew up in was very like, like we have been saying, like you need to be dating to marry, like find, or if you're not dating with the intention of marriage, then you're, I've, I've had people tell me then you're in sin or you're literally wasting your life or whatever. What? And I think that that's a really, really detrimental thing to tell people because there is so much value in failed relationships. Mm-hmm. Like I think that's the most valuable thing about dating is learning like what didn't work. Even if it's like, even if you were catastrophic and you are the one that completely ruined the relationship, mm-hmm. like if you have the facility to look back and learn something from that, then the relationships that you have moving forward will only be better. Like you mm-hmm. will know what to look for sooner. Um, the next one yeah. you won't spend. I mean, ideally you will have learned and you won't yeah. spend two years and, you know, a year of that suck or whatever just because you're afraid of, of time spent. Like I think that's, that's a really valuable lesson that young people need to learn is that it is okay to date more than one person or not at this, maybe not at the same time, but I just mean before you get married, like it's pretty, it's pretty ridiculous to think that the first person that you have a, a love connection with, um, is going to be the person that you marry. Mm-hmm. And people, people have told me that, um, if it's not the person you marry, it's not, you never actually loved them or or something ridiculous. Like you don't know what love is until you get mm-hmm. married. And I think that's stupid too. Like, yeah, I think there are people that have a, a very impactful, a, a large impact on your life that you can say that you love and that it could not have worked out for whatever reason, mm-hmm. you know, and there's just so many valuable learning points there. Um, and I don't know, I don't know if I've ever talked about this, maybe I have on the podcast, but um based on my upbringing and just like the group of people that I surrounded myself with for a while um basically up until my junior year of college or actually like going into my senior year of college I subscribed to the mindset that I needed to find um a really serious girlfriend in college because if I didn't do it then then how was I ever going to find another girl because you know I knew what kind of profession I was going into, which is mostly male dominated. Um, Yeah. And there was like zero to no chance, zero (laughs) chance of meeting a a prospect (laughs) at work probably. Um, Or in my classes or whatever, because they were mostly dudes in my classes and everything. And then I knew that I wasn't going to stay around, you know, in Lincoln or go back to our hometown. So meeting someone in a new city is really tough. So I was like, I need every girl that I meet in college is like, I just had them framed as, oh, this is the woman who's going to f- finally solve all my problems and make me happy yeah. because I, I believed for whatever reason um, that because of this timeline that I have had observed time and time again from like my small group leaders or my camp counselors or whatever, mm-hmm. that the years between 18 and 22 or whatever, whenever you're in your college age. Yeah that's when you have to find someone and if you aren't like getting engaged by the end of your college career, I felt like I was a failure. Like I had it in my head that if this doesn't go follow this specific timeline, then you have failed at love (laughs) or whatever. (laughs) And that, you know, you've just wasted your, the prime years of your life. And, um, I actually feel really, really fortunate that none of that happened the way that I had planned because Mm -hmm. I know the person that I was then Mm -hmm. just in terms of how much I put relationships on a pedestal and how much I thought that was the key to my happiness or to feeling, you know, feeling loved just in general. Um, And it's like, as soon as I became, quote unquote, became an adult, meaning moved out of the wings of like being surrounded by my family and went out on my own and was able to make decisions for myself, like... it's like I had turned the corner 180 Mm -hmm. degrees and that Mm -hmm. was instantly like the last thing I was thinking about. I was like, Mm -hmm. why would I want to get married? I'm having so much fun, like having my own apartment and doing (laughs) all these things, like experiencing all these things, even, you know, the mistakes that I had made at that time. Like, I'm glad that they happened because I learned, I learned from them. Um, I would say that I'm a way more confident person in my own skin now than I ever was for the 25 years leading up to this point in time. And most of that has to do with even just like the few months that I spent just not thinking at all about yeah. finding someone and settling down and getting married. Like I met my girlfriend, um, my current girlfriend, really not that long after I moved to Kansas yeah. city. <laughs> um, but to be honest, we, we met on a dating app and I wasn't really, looking for my wife on this app, Mm -hmm. right? You know, it was mostly just, like, what else am I going to do to meet people? Like, I need Mm -hmm. to kind of get out there. And I didn't want to spend too much time just, like, sitting alone in my apartment all the time and then only hanging out with friends from work. And I figured this was an easy way to uh, go do things. Um, But we, you know, completely headed off. And we have been dating since. Like, we live together now. (laughs) And I don't know. If it weren't for the, after the fall semester of my senior year where I had just like sworn off women, just said like, (laughs) no, like I'm, this is, I'm just going to, whatever happens, happens, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't think, you know, I definitely wouldn't be in a position where I'd be with her because um, I would have messed, I would have ruined it. I would have put too much pressure on it from the beginning. Like I would have been super awkward because I would have had all this pressure that I needed to like win her over within the first yeah. four minutes. Like I used to, I was so pathetic. I used to like research how to win over women, like what words to say, like, cause I was convinced because I couldn't find a woman that like wanted to be my girlfriend. I was so convinced that there was something wrong with me for that. Like the way that I communicated, the way that I was just wired, I was mm-hmm. not I could not accept the fact that it just wasn't in the cards at that time, you know? Yeah. So I was just, I spent most of my college career being like painfully depressed and feeling alone and feeling like I was, you know, wasting my life because of this timeline that I had for somehow prescribed to myself. Mm -hmm. Um, and now that I don't feel this pressure, like, or I gave up this pressure to just get married because that's what everyone else was doing or um, basically do anything because that's what everyone else is doing. I've been able to decide what things are important for me and why and just like develop my own identity. And I think that's the important thing is I think a lot of people try to find their identity in relationships Mm -hmm. and in having kids like so many people. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to have kids, but Just like wanting to have kids because you just want to be a mom, I think is dangerous.
0: Or you feel like you should, like that's what's expected of you. Right. Yeah. Like that's the next step or if I have kids, then I'll be happy. If we move, then I'll be happy Mm -hmm. type of mentality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's like, um, it's just so interesting that like at, like, and I, i Am guilty of it too because that's how I was taught. When I was in high school and middle school, I went to camp, I went to youth group, and I was told, "Okay, you should date to like get married or at least to learn what type of relationship you want." And blah 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 mm-hmm. blah blah. And like my boyfriends in high school sucked. They were <laughs> super toxic. They were yeah, borderline abusive and uh, manipulative. And so like I'm having somebody tell me is this what you want for marriage? And so I don't think that's like a wrong thing to tell someone who's 16, like maybe start feeling out what you want or what what attributes do you like? For example, my high school boyfriend never made me laugh. I cried all the time. (laughs) So something that was important to me Uh was I want someone who's gonna make me laugh. So when I met Stefan, the first thing I noticed about him was that he made me laugh and that because that was what was important to me and someone had said, you know, mm-hmm. maybe start thinking about those things. Mm-hmm. But when you put those pressures on a 16, 15-year-old saying, well, you're only dating to get married. Okay, well, when I'm 18 and 19 and I'm dating somebody, well, I'm supposed to be getting married. Right. And me and Stefan have had this conversation recently when we were on our road trips. We had literally nothing else to talk about. Right. Um we were talking about the beginning of our relationship and he said like if he could do it over again, he would not have dated me when he did because he knew like he was not in a good place to date me. Like he had Mm. just gotten out of a relationship. Mm -hmm. He knew he just needed to like quote unquote find himself or quote unquote like work through that. Mm -hmm. But he was afraid because I'm so impatient that (laughs) I wouldn't have been there Uh like waiting for him, which I told him I was like, I, I'm i not going to wait for you, but that doesn't mean I'm, like, going anywhere.
1: Doesn't like, mean I'm swearing you
0: off immediately. Yeah, like, I didn't have, like, prospects. I didn't have, right. like, a line of guys, you know? And I was on my way to call, like, I was going into my senior year, so... I was, like... I think he was just maybe thinking, like, oh, she's going to be a senior, and then she's going to go to college, and, like, who knows then? Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Like, we've both said that, like, we shouldn't have dated when we did, but, like, I'm glad we did because it worked out the way it was supposed to. Because mm-hmm. I always used to say I wasn't getting married till I was 29, and then I got married at 19. So, I've always been 10 years ahead of my ahead plan. Ahead of your plan, yeah. Yeah. Because I wanted to do it in reverse. Like, I wanted to... Uh, graduate, start my own business, travel and then get married. And what I yeah. did was I got married, I traveled and then I started my own business. Right. And um I think that it's just so it's just so sad that everybody feels like they have to do this specific timeline or lifestyle or whatever mm-hmm. based on how they were raised. And um none of it matters. Like it really, yeah. I like am proof that like you can get married at 19 and you're, you can still be married 10 years later, but mm-hmm. I also don't want to sugarcoat it. it. It was probably the hardest thing. Like being 28 now, me and Stefan feel like we're finally in sync. Right. Like on our trip for a month, that was like crash course, like <laughs> Ikea building furniture for a month. Like you right. have to communicate and work with each other. And when we got done, we were like, we finally feel like we know how to communicate with each other. Hmm. Because I've probably been seven different versions of myself in the last ten years that yeah. we've been married, and right. Stefan has too. Um, I don't know where I'm going with this. It yeah, you it can be it the hardest. Matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You can get married at 19. You can marry your high school sweetheart and. It can work out. I know people mm-hmm. that went on a date, and then the next day he proposed, and they've been married for forty years. Yeah. And then I know people who waited, you know, three years. They got engaged, and then a year later they are divorced because mm-hmm. it wasn't right, and they felt like rushed, or like they felt like, oh, well, after three years, you know, we should get engaged, or yeah, that's what people are expecting of Rule us. Rule of thumb
1: and, is two to three years, and then you're buying a ring. Yeah. yeah. And that's some I mean honestly that's something that I've been in the middle of right now. Um I don't get any pressure from my girlfriend to like hurry up and propose, you know, which yeah. I'm I'm super grateful for because that would yeah. be uh awkward. Super awkward because that I'm like you, where like if I feel I'm someone is expecting me to do something, I'm not going to do it just out of the principle. <laughs> yeah. Like if I I used to I used to have girlfriends or like see these girls that I could tell when they wanted me to do something or say something specific Mm -hmm. and I, it just like ruins it. So I didn't Mm want to, you know, I was like, I don't know. I I played dumb most of the time, but I knew what they wanted and I just didn't want to do it because I knew they were expecting it from me Mm -hmm. in a way. Um, So that would not go well. But I get this like from our friend group or um, some of her friends at, are engaged or married and I get like, it's kind of just an easy way to rib people like, so are you guys going to tie the knot yet. And yeah. I'm usually a pretty good sport about it, but I don't know. Like th- there is this kind of unspoken rule that if you're, if you've been dating for two years and you're an adult, you know, um, yeah. you probably better start thinking about it. Like you better start, start a separate savings account for an engagement ring and like all these, you know, start s- budgeting for your wedding and, the, these are things that have, you know, they cross my mind and they're things that I've discussed, like we've talked about as like, you know, adults, like a good relationship <laughs> should be. Yeah. But I'm trying really hard just to make sure that I'm not doing anything because I feel like that's just the next thing to do. Right. Yeah. You know, I, and that's one of the biggest things that I've learned in the last few years is like, I don't want to do something anything. It doesn't matter if it's getting married or, you know, um, wearing a specific style of shoes or, (laughs) you know, anything. If I feel like it's just because other people are expecting that of me. Yeah. And like our parents, I've never felt any pressure to do anything like hurry up and get married or whatever from our parents. Mm -hmm. Like they, they met relatively old in terms of, or re, I should say They're relatively late like in, yeah. Yeah, in terms <laughs> of people that are like dating and getting married. And they were together for years before they got married. Like they mm-hmm. were, I think they were engaged for like three years or something. Yeah. Um, just cause it never made sense, you know? So, uh, I'm kind of working through this like hierarchy of things that I want, you know, to get sorted out and, and, and happen before, um, I make like the most important decision of my life, you know? Yeah. I'll get in trouble for saying that, I'm sure, but.
0: I hope not. <laughs> me too. I uh, I do have people that ask, like, ask me that question. They're like, oh, so, you know, when's Jake going to propose or whatever? And I'm like, I don't know. Why don't you ask him? Like, why would I, <laughs> one, know that? And two, like, there just comes a point where, So, like, I used to be really bad at this, like, when I was younger, like, in my early 20s, like, 23, 22, that I felt like that's a part of, like, my personality. Like, I felt like I needed to be in control of everybody's decisions. And Mm -hmm. I think it comes from a place of love that I just want the best for everybody. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: But there comes a point where I'm just, like, it's your life, you know? Like, and so people will ask me, like, so when's Jake getting married? He's been dating for a couple years now, and I'm like, well, they live together; like, they're obviously committed to each other. Like,
3: yeah,
0: why are you? I don't care. Like, mm-hmm. it's not my. It doesn't. It's not on me, or like, it's not. Mm-hmm. It's not. I'm not the one getting married, or mm-hmm. the one. I mean, the conversation, like, right. And so I think it's just so odd when people. I don't know if it's just like a way for people to be like, so what's new? Is Jake married yet? Or you know, insert person's name that you're right. asking about, um. But I think it's just an odd thing to bring up or uh, question. Like I don't, I only ask the people that I'm closest to and it's usually out of a joke or like that I know that it's like, you know, like I have a friend of mine that she's dating a guy right now and she's hinted here and there that they might go get eloped. So we'll text her when she posts the picture. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, are you married now? Or like, it's like a very (laughs) personal relationship that I have with the person that I know will understand my comments, I guess. Um,
1: Yeah. I mean, it is an interesting thing, an interesting way to lead into really most people just want to know what's going on in your life, but it's just one of those things because like we said, it you know, and probably subconscious to them even there's this expectation to at certain points in your life, that would be like a reasonable question to ask or, Mm -hmm. you know, after you, after you've seen the same person for two plus years, that's a pretty reasonable question to ask. And I get it just based on, um, you know, history and the way that things, (laughs) most people usually do things, (laughs) but like, I don't know. I I don't know that I've ever asked anyone. So like, when do you think you're going to tie the knot? I'm always asking like, so, How's just work? Like, Yeah. Or just like a, a more, there's, I feel like there's more thoughtful questions to ask. So like, yeah. Like the do you only have time any plans I... for your future or like, where do you <laughs> see your life going in five years? You know, because, yeah. you know, people have, there is more to life than just getting married and settling mm. down. You know, I, and I feel like, um, people that are largely ambitious and people that have a lot of things, you know, a lot of plates spinning and a lot of things going through their head. um, it can be sort of offensive maybe is like the only way, only word I can think of, but um, for you to ask someone or to be asked, so when are you going to get married? As if like, that's the most important thing that you have to Mm -hmm. talk about. You Mm -hmm. know, like I have this good job I could talk about or, you know, I have all these interests and passions, you know, I have these kind of side projects that I'm working on and I'm, I'm not just talking about myself. I'm talking about, (laughs) you know, people that have a lot of things going on. Um, for someone to just kind of circumvent all of that and be like, so when do you think you're going to get married? I don't know. Like I've, I've felt that way sometimes before yeah. where what, so this is all I am is just some guy that's supposed to go get married. Yeah. Um,
0: it's like, um, I don't know. It's kind of hard because I have friends that they're like, uh, all, all I want to be is a husband and a father or all I want to be is a wife. And which like, is great.
1: There's, that's fine. Yeah.
0: There's some people like that's that's what they want, and so I don't want it. I don't want it to sound like I'm just knocking that and being like, blah blah. blah. I don't know. No. But no, like, I agree. like I just think there's the only one time I've asked somebody like, oh, so when do you think you're gonna get married, or like when are you gonna propose? He was like there to tell us he was like proposing. <laughs> So like I just beat him to it kind of. Like uh, I just kind of like had this feeling. I was like, "So when are you going to propose?" And he's like, "Well, I think when we go skiing." And I was like, "Wait, what? what? Yeah. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be at that." So like, you are you telling me like this? Mhm. Like that's the only time. And I just don't I maybe I used to do it, and so maybe my friends can correct me, but I just don't feel like I I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. I care about your relationship. I care if people are happy. Obviously, I care if you're in a healthy relationship mm-hmm. and if you're making healthy decisions. But like at the end of the day, I can't I can advise you or give you advice if you want advice from me, but like mm-hmm. I'm not the one making that decision. So when people ask me like questions about you or somebody else that I know, if they're like, "Well, what do you well, you know when is x y and z when you think they're gonna get married i'm like i don't know yeah i don't care <laughs> i care because i want to know within like a six month span so i can stop eating bread so i'm <laughs> good at the wedding
1: yeah but sure. that's
0: like it you know
1: i don't know that's pretty self-serving
0: I don't care. I don't have kids either. So
1: <laughs> my favorite response to those questions, like when people ask me, when are you and Lauren going to get married? I, just, I always just say, I don't know. She hasn't bought me a ring yet. So
0: <laughs> yeah, it's her job. Isn't I mean, it?
1: why do I have to be the one to initiate that? You know?
0: Wow. it's so progressive.
1: I know. I'm just waiting for her to marry me.
0: Marry. Propose to me or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I mean,
1: I am a steal, right? You are. I mean, I bring a lot to the table.
0: I just want to. Okay, maybe I shouldn't. Never mind. I don't want to get in trouble with my wife either. Your my girlfriend, your wife, my wife. I don't want to get in trouble with my wife. Your husband, my girlfriend, Ashley. Oh. Um. Okay. So this is a little bit of a different question, but I thought it posed a good discussion. Maybe that we yeah, could. Sure. Since we've kind of really gone through the whole relational talk. Do you think that, um, I didn't write it down, that like friendships, adult friendships are difficult to navigate too?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I do. <laughs> okay, cool. I, I mean, I think um, they're especially hard to make. Making yes. new friends as an adult is almost impossible, I'm convinced. Yeah. And yeah. I, I don't mean just like friends, like everyone can make friends or acquaintances or whatever.
0: Yeah, like but you have like, work friends or you have people you play volleyball with. Right,
1: but like yeah. an actual lasting, like really, like, I mean, most people say it sounds weird, but I think friendships can be really intimate and mm-hmm. not in the way of like physical intimacy, but, you know, emotion, emotional, emotionally yeah. transactional and vulnerable and, you know, people you can trust. That's, yeah. I don't think I'll ever make any more. And I yeah. I don't mean that like I used <laughs> I used to do this bit when I would meet new people I would say <laughs> well I already have ten friends and I don't have room for I don't want to bump any of them from my list so it was nice to meet nice to meet you but
0: I used some, that today
1: or something uh, I I'm got, not even kidding I uh, still haven't lived it down from one person <laughs> that I met it I, I always I have not heard the end of it and like it was always an obvious joke like who yeah. obvi- who actually is that way. But yeah, um, it came from this place of, you know, when I moved to Kansas city, uh, I felt so isolated because all of my best friends that I had ever met, you know, that mean a lot to me. And they're still my best friends live in Lincoln or live in Kearney or, you know, in Portland or something like all Mm. over the place. And I just didn't feel like it was worth it for me to try to force these really meaningful relationships with people like from work Mm -hmm. You know, or just like random people that I had met um, through church or through whatever thing that I was doing. And Mm -hmm. I've met a couple really good friends that I I consider my close friends that live down here. But um, and if they listen to this, I don't mean to offend anyone. But I think we all can agree that like some of our lifelong friends are not people that we've met in the recent like two or three years of our life. Yeah. So, yes.
0: (laughs) I, uh. Yeah, so I think, friend, I had like this like long thing in my head and then I was just so engr- engrossed in what you were saying. <laughs> it's not like it was very
1: eloquent, it. but okay.
0: So like I'm in this season right now where I feel very much like I'm being pulled mm-hmm. towards like an elevation of my life. Like I think because I got married so young, um, a lot of my objects that I like have in my house are still from like when I was in college and mm-hmm. – um and so I've just I'm going through this phase of like I'm wanting to level up. Like my business is growing, mm-hmm. so and my life is growing and things like that and I've had to ask several times with several different friendships recently like are we still just friends because we've been friends for 10 years? Right. you know or mm-hmm. like 5 years and it's mm-hmm. like it's okay to say we're just different now and Mm -hmm. we aren't friends anymore. Like, I think we just hold on to these relationships in our life because we're just afraid of what it looks like without them or like, Mm -hmm. you know? And so finally I was, I've just been telling Stefan, I'm, you know, he's like, you know, whatever conflict comes up with these like friendships or whatever. And I'm just like, I just don't think we're friends anymore. Mm -hmm. And, like, I've never been a person to say that. Like, I've been the person that's a very sick quality to go down with the ship. I will fight for my friendships until I'm dead because I'm, like... But then I'm, like, they're not fighting for my friendship. Like, why? You know? And it's just... It's not, like, anything, like, really happens. It's just, like, we're not friends anymore, but we keep trying to be friends. And Mm -hmm. I think, like... I think just as you go as you change you go through your 20s again a friendship is going to go the same way that maybe a relationship does that you just might not be friends at the other side of it. Right. Um, and that's okay. And I think yeah, and it's totally okay and I don't think that that was ever really taught to me. Um I think that like with social media and just media in general they over-romanticize these friendships Mm -hmm. of like, you've been best friends since second grade and like, Mm -hmm. she's your bridesmaid or like Grey's Anatomy, like you're my person and all of this. And my friend Jordan, who I've now mentioned like every week since we started (laughs) our new season, we were talking about how um, our other friend Tia and her roommate, she's like, she's my person. She's like my sister. And like, she just gets me. It's like almost like we're the same person. And Jordan was like, I just don't know if I've met my person yet like she's like i have best friends who like i will like they're my ride or die but Mm -hmm. like they're she they're not like my soulmates and she was kind of like she's like i don't mean that in a mean way and i was like i totally get it like it's okay yeah you know to feel that way or to have like a lot of friends and it's okay for like um ashley has a lot of friends. She is very outgoing. And something I noticed too is that Ashley's always played team sports. Yeah. So all through high school and all through college, she was a part of a team, Mm -hmm. whereas I didn't do that. So I have like four or five super close Mm -hmm. pack. And it takes me a long time to let you into that like inner circle of my Mm -hmm. life.
1: Yeah. That's how I am too. Even though I grew up playing team sports. (laughs)
0: yeah you know I mean, it's just like part of her personality, too, but, like I just always notice like she's always been around like a group, mm-hmm. you know, she has a very big network of friends, mm-hmm. whereas I don't, and um i felt really bad about that for a long time, and a lot of my and when I say a lot, all of my close friends now um are they were Ashley's friends first, <laughs> yeah, my only other close friend is probably um Lauren, so she's still not even my only connection she's through you <laughs>
3: so it doesn't matter
0: but like so i asked ashley that i was like does it bother you like i was like i just want to be sure like does it bother you that like jordan and montana and tia naomi like all of these good friends of yours are now good friends of mine like i will text these people separately Like, mm-hmm. you know what i mean like i'm not just friends with ashley and jordan it's like right. i'm friends with jordan Right. And she's like, "No, I want all my friends to be friends."
1: That I feel like that's a rare thing though.
0: It totally because is. Because I like, can't
1: imagine like there have been multiple times where I've felt anxiety about doing something with one group of friends and another group of friends finding out about it and then being like, yes. "Why didn't you invite us?" Yeah. Like I feel like mixing, this is going to sound maybe mean, but mixing friend groups as an adult is not as straightforward as it was when you were a kid. Yes. You know, like when you would have a birthday party and you've had, you have like some friends from the other school that like not yeah. everyone was friends with, they would still come, you know? Yeah. But now, like, I don't necessarily feel like I would be comfortable inviting like my work friends to hang out with my really close friends or vice versa. Right. You know, I feel like it right. would be, they're all such, um, incompatible personalities I feel like is maybe (laughs) a a nice way of saying it yeah so yeah I think that that is a very rare thing you're lucky that she actually feels that way
0: (laughs) yeah and it's great that we all get along like we so it was funny how like we all became friends because we uh, decided to go to Palm Springs Mm -hmm. together for Ashley's birthday and none of us had hung out before Mm -hmm. or like really met and so we were kind of like um okay, this might be like really awkward and it ended up being amazing. But I think we all had open minds going into it. Yeah. But yeah, I think just like any other relationship a friendship can evolve and change and you can become someone different. Like I've been friends with Ashley since I was mm, 22, maybe. Mm -hmm. And... I'm not the same person I was then. Like she's had to go through several different personalities of mine just because of the voices in my head. It's like, (laughs) yeah. And I've always felt a lot of guilt about not still being friends with um, the group I was friends with in high school. Yeah. But it's just like, I left.
1: A lot happens, (laughs) man. I think people forget that a lot of, a lot of life happens in a pretty short amount of time. Yeah. You know? And I, I go back and forth on how I feel about um, really trying to force friendships to, like, stay connected, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I, there are some friends in my life that will do the thing when you see them in passing or something. They're like, oh, my gosh, why do we never talk anymore? Or how come we haven't hung out in a long <laughs> time? Gosh, and I'm so like, stupid. well, there's two streets. Like, it's a two-way street. I haven't heard from you either. So why is it now my response? Like when you said they weren't fighting for your friendship, that resonates with me a lot because I am the kind of person like, I still feel guilty. Like you said, that I'm not closer with like some of my really good friends from college that I used to hang out with every weekend. You know, we did Mm -hmm. a lot together. We hung out all the time. We had some like pretty deep life moments together. Um, And, you know, things have, things change, you know, we've Mm -hmm. drifted away, but a few times i've run into these people and it's i haven't heard anything from them you know they've done no reaching out mm-hmm. and i've run into them a, on occasion and they are they're mad at me for having not told them i was in town or like yeah. you know um or c- constantly keeping the conversations going or or whatever and um i don't know i i get rubbed the wrong way by if you haven't seen someone in a long time and then they make you feel guilty about it even though they've made no they've made no attempt other than just to make you feel guilty about it that one time. Right. To me, that's just like them playing the moral, moral high ground. But
0: yeah. And maybe they just feel guilty also. So they're projecting their insecurities onto you, but it's just such a stupid comment. Like, why don't we hang out anymore? It's like, I don't know. <laughs> I was just war. Why didn't you text me? Yeah.
1: That's all it, That's like, usually what I say. I'm always like this last. Anyway, go ahead.
0: This last weekend. And like, I'm not going to, like, keep going because we're over our time limit. But uh, this last weekend showed me, like, a true friendship for you. Like, I saw the willing, what friends would be willing to do for you. Mm-hmm. And that came at a time where it showed me a friendship of my life that I was like, this needs to be done. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was, like, such a contrasting two situations that I was in within, like, 24 hours of each other. Right. That I was like, there are people in my life too, but I just saw it firsthand with you that will literally go to the ends of the earth for you. Mm -hmm. And there are people in my life who I don't take up any space in their brain. Like they would not think twice about me if they didn't see me again. And I'm wasting my breath and like energy on them. Yeah. And that might sound really harsh, but it just, like it was so contrasting and polarizing within like 72 hours that I was like depressed about it. Mm. Like it was just so like, like a realization moment, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know what I was trying to say with that.
1: Me either. (laughs) Just that you saw like what a, what a real,
0: real genuine friendship. And not that I don't have that Mm -hmm. because I have that with people, but it's just like, When you see it back to back, you know, you're just like, wow, I don't have to stay friends with people just because we've been friends for so long.
1: It is kind of different to see it from like the outside perspective. Like in, so for maybe we should clarify, um, (laughs) you and my girlfriend worked together to throw me a surprise birthday thing. Um, where like you and mom and Ashley came down from Lincoln. The Talbot brothers came out from wherever they live these days and- (laughs) You know, I had some other some other friends coming down from Omaha that they were the only ones I knew were coming. Um, so yeah, I mean, that was that was such a crazy thing to me just to see all these people that I love so much in, in one place. Um, but f- to see that from the outsider's perspective, I feel like it makes it a little bit easier for you to audit some of the things going on in your own life. Because yeah. when you're living your own life, you kind of just think this is what everybody's life is like. You right. know, or this is what every relationship is like, like, and that's not to say that you should like, uh, I think it's dangerous to compare the way that your relationships look to the way that relationships look with other people. Cause everyone kind of handles, you know, emotions and relations differently. But, mm-hmm. um, the overlying principle of that, like you have people that will show up versus people who never will. Um, right. that's consistent depending yeah. on no matter how like how you internalize or, or, or show affection or emotion or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's happened to me too. Like I've gone to, there's a few times where I was in a wedding party um, and I, you know, I was really, really close with the person there, but I didn't necessarily mm-hmm. know all their friends. And mm-hmm. just to see like the friendships that that person had with all these other people. And that was like one of the only friendships I had at the time that was like meaningful was with that person. Mm-hmm. It, that I had the same experience where I was like, what about all these people that I think are friends? Would I,
2: mm-hmm. you
1: know, a, a pretty good litmus test for me is what I put them in yeah. my wedding party, which like going yeah. back to getting married. I don't know. I don't know why yeah. I always think about this, but I don't want just like schmucks in my wedding party. I want them to be people <laughs> that are lifelong friends for me, you know? So, yeah. um, I, I did some honest audit auditing after weddings, just like, or after bachelor parties or whatever, seeing how, just the sacrifice that some people would make, you know, like flying in from other, other states, other cities or whatever, and sacrificing all this time and whatever, just to celebrate one person in their life. It's a pretty powerful thing to witness. Mm -hmm. And I, it's an Mm -hmm. easy, easy way to see that maybe some of your friendships in your life aren't, aren't up to par. Yeah. So, yeah, I
0: feel like we did a lot of
1: rambling. I'm really hot. (laughs) Whenever I, uh,
0: Called emotion. Whenever
1: I kind of put myself out on the on the clothesline, <laughs> I get really hot. I'm always afraid I'm going to offend someone.
0: Yeah, I probably did. But
1: I also I am really always care. afraid that I'm going to somehow. I always say get in trouble, but really, what I mean is just like uh, say something that my girlfriend will hear before I have a chance to talk to her about it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I. I don't think there's any surprises in this one though.
0: Yeah. You're oh, just right, saying that well, I'm sweaty. Holy cow. Jake and I always do a go-to for the week. So Jake, what is your go-to this week?
1: (sighs) My knee pits are sweating. (laughs) Um, My go-to this week. uh, I know what I said. It was going to be last week, but it looks like that's yours. So I'm going to think of a new one. (laughs) Um, My go-to this week is the show on Netflix called Queens Gambit. Mm. Um, It was recommended to us by some friends and I had no idea what it was going to be about. We kind of just threw it on on a whim without even reading like the description or whatever. And mm-hmm. it was so good. There's only one season and we watched the entire season in one sitting. Um it's only like seven episodes, I think, but they're all like an hour long or so. Yeah. Um, we were completely enthralled the entire time. It's about chess, like the board game, which yeah. like don't let you don't let that make you think it's boring. Like it's actually really, really cool, um, really yeah. exciting. Um, so yeah, that's it. There you go. What's your go to this week?
0: Uh, mine is it's called Crook and Makers, right?
1: Crook and Marker.
0: Markers. Not with S. Crook and Marker. Mark, Marker. Jeez. Uh, Jake's last two were that, and now this is mine, but mine is the lemonade flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I had it this weekend and was pleasantly surprised by it. So, I was always a Truly Lemonade girl.
1: Same. Yeah, you know me. I was a black black can Truly
0: black can girl, ride or die. I think I just like... So the Truly Lemonade still is a little syrupy. Mm-hmm. The Crooked Marker isn't as syrupy still. It's
1: all organic.
0: Yeah, it's money.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: That's it. That's all I got. I'm I don't telling, have much to I've ask.
1: told all my friends about them, so if they don't sponsor yeah. me soon,
0: yeah. it'll be a Let's one-way go. relationship. Oh, I also... Really appreciated. They had a coconut pineapple flavor, and if you guys drink the buy drinks, mm-hmm. the coconut pineapple is my favorite, and it tastes exactly the same. And now I can just get litty with that.
1: Yeah, I wish they had like a a thirty pack though. Yeah, they only have the eight packs, so
0: darn. It's
1: a bummer, but <laughs> how they get you. I don't know. Yeah, they're, they're super good. I'm really impressed with their stuff. I don't think I'll ever do the, the truly white cloth thing again, to be honest.
0: Yeah, yeah, so, their money.
1: Yep. All right.
0: All right, guys. Well, that is going to do it for this episode of Relatively Relatable. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and write a review of our show if you haven't already.
1: And if you want to stay connected with us, you can find us on Instagram at Relatively Relatable Pod.
0: Thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys next time.